Wee-wee! Did y'all hear the intro to last week's episode? Man, those grapes were baked like musica. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Wars. This is episode 421. I'm your host, Jacob Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. He's Alex. And apparently I'm a legend on a delay this week. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. I'm not going to complain. You know what? You're not You're not going to make a joke after I set you up tricky about hamster wheels or uh, a gerbil running my internet. No, 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 we we got a lot of stuff to go through this week, and I know how you like big uh, big agendas, so I'm just going to try to... No, I, I I hate big agendas. That was sarcasm. I ain't got that fancy internet like you up in that New York City. Yeah, I'm also hardwired, and you're on a... Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't even know what joke I was going to make. It probably wasn't good anyway. Probably not. Alright, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 55, total trophies of 12,899, with 237 Platinums. Again, that is not entirely accurate, as I have not synced my work PlayStation. Alex? Par for the course, I'm not looking at the trophies. He is level 31, total trophies of 6,924, with 102 Platinums. Yield? I am a level 28, with a trophy count of 5,965, and a Platinum count of 93. Oh, and Alex is also in 101 games. Tricky forgot that. Jeez, I was hoping you, you would skip that. Yep. Sid is level 40, total trophies of 9,508 with 171 Platinums. All right. Yield is like an elephant. He never forgets. Yeah. All right, Alex, what have you been playing, sir? Well, it is the final Grand Prix for Crash Team Racing, the Gasmoxia Grand Prix, and I've been... Running some of the track on the danger drive or the drive through danger track. Awesome little track. Um, it's basically obviously on Gas Moxia, and it's there's a whole lot going on. It's like a like a, a drive through movie theater kind of style, but there's two like feuding restaurants, uh, Toxic Burger and Nuclear Pizza, and there's also like a nuclear space battle going on in the background. So it's a little Star Wars mixed like with a little bit of movie drive in, also with you know your classic fast food restaurant so uh even at the start of the race it goes this is toxic burger can i take your order or something like that something equivalent uh but the style of it's really cool it's one of the cooler tracks i've done and they've released quite a few cool tracks but uh yeah i've just been playing the final grand prix i've pretty much bought everything there is at the grand prix i'm close to filling up the nitro bar after three days of playing it so uh yeah i'm pretty far in but i really want the sweet decal for being in the top five percent of the Nitro Bar or the the Grand Prix Bar, so uh, I'm gonna keep playing it all month long. Uh, and honestly, uh, once this Grand Prix is over, I know they're gonna add more content uh, via you know like skins and characters. But since there's not another Grand Prix, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about since I've played so much Crash Team Racing since June of last year. So I have been playing uh, some World of Warship Legends, as always. Of course, of course, uh, I've been playing some King's Quest. 
plague some. Hold on, why do you get to say that? It's not like we give you shit for playing the Division 2. I wasn't giving him a shit. I was just saying, of course. Well, yeah, but it was a very, like, it was a very pessimistic tone you got going on there. Like, oh, of course, that's all he's playing. Please continue, Yield. <laughs> okay, so I uh, started Chapter 2 of King's Quest. Finished Chapter 1, started Chapter 2. Um, played Jackbox Party Pack 1 and 2. And uh, finally got my online trophy for Wreckfest. So all I gotta do now is just close out the, the single player trophies and have that platinum done. Alright. Uh, and I have been racking up some platinums to uh, try to catch up back up in the backlog beatdown. Uh, which, Alex, I'm gonna ask you a question because Yield, you already answered the question. But I kind of like to get Alex's opinion on it. Uh, but the games I've been playing is I got the Platinum in Access Denied, Gravity Duck, Word Word Wheel, Warlock's Tower, um, and I've gotten, you know, them on the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. Uh, but Alex, my question to you. Uh, this year so far, I have not gotten a negative one in the Backlog Beatdown. I know a negative one is coming because I'm going to get the Darksiders Genesis Collection. Now, as you know... I generally get, uh, if I get a collector's edition, I sell the hard copy, and then I buy it digitally, because I want all my games digitally. As per the rules of the 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 back the the beatdown, if you buy a game, you get a negative one. So my question to you is, if I get the question, sell the hard copy, get it digitally, should I be accessed a negative one or a negative two? You're buying the same game twice, but it's still the same game, so it should count as one. It's one game. Okay. What was Yield's opinion on this? Because for me, it's not per transaction, it's per game. Well, see, technically how I look at the rules is you've bought the game twice, so it's minus two. Well, let me ask you this, Ricky. If you want the digital copy... Like, are you talking, like, okay, so obviously you're not talking about a physical game that comes with a digital copy of the game. You're talking about buying it physically and then buying it digitally, too. Like, why wouldn't you just buy it digitally and completely skip buying the physical copy? Because when I bought the collector's edition, a physical copy comes in that collector's edition. Therefore, technically, I bought the game. But I take that game, I sell it to somebody, and then buy it digitally. So I'm paying the same amount of money. I'm just... Trading one physical copy for a digital copy. Okay. I mean, I, I prefer digital, digital, so I understand that. I, I don't necessarily understand buying the collector's edition, because I doubt that you need more things in your apartment to collect. But, you know, I mean, that's that's what you like, the way you like to spend your money. So it's better to buy a collector's edition or 10 collector's edition than buy 20 PS4s. Well, it, the, the re I, I wasn't going to get the collector's edition for Darksiders Genesis, but... When you bought Darksiders 4, they, they it came with four statues, three horsemen and Volgrim. With Genesis, you get the fourth horseman, so I bought the collector's edition to complete the collection of the four horsemen. So I only bought the collector's edition for the statue. I don't care about the steel, steel book or anything like that. I wanted the statue. But, like I said, when I buy a collector's edition because I like the statue... I generally sell the digital, uh, the hard copy to somebody or on eBay or whatnot, and then I buy it digitally. So, as per the rules, I'm buying the game twice, so therefore it should be a negative two. But because I'm not actually playing the hard copy, 
I'm just immediately getting rid of it just to get it digitally. I I want to know, you know, should it only should it only be a negative one? And it kind of, it kind of split. Uh, I I kind of have uh people agreeing with me like you, Levi, uh, Kali, uh, JT. The only people that are against it are so far are um Yield and Daryl. All right, so let's get into our topics. Uh, this one is multi-layered and very, very deep. Uh, but basically, Sony has been pulling out of conferences. Uh, first conference we're going to talk about is Sony will not attend PAX East because of coronavirus concerns. Uh, Sony has announced it's canceling its participation in the upcoming PAX East due to concerns over uh, coronavirus. The company announced the news as an update on the PlayStation blog detailing its PAX East plans. Quote, Today, Sony Interactive Entertainment made a decision to cancel its participation at PAX in Boston this year due to increasing concerns over coronavirus. Uh, they also wrote... Uh, uh, they were they were originally scheduled to present the first playable demo for The Last of Us 2. Uh, other games in the PAX East lineup were Marvel's Iron Man, uh, Neo 2, Doom Eternal, Spelunky 2, and more. Uh, is it unclear if the demo is still going to be available since Sony has decided to pull out the event? IGN has reached out to Sony for more details, whether The Last of Us 2 will still be playing the demo at the show. Uh, Naughty Dog tweeted out, We're so sad to have to miss PAX East. We're really looking forward to meeting you and seeing reactions to the demo. Although this makes the wait until May 29th a bit harder. We appreciate your understanding. Don't worry, we'll have more to share closer to launch. Uh, with that being said, uh, the Boston mayor, which PAX is uh, uh, held at, uh, has come out and said, uh, just a headline, uh, Boston Mayor urges Sony to reconsider PAX East's absence over coronavirus, saying it plays into, quote, harmful stereotypes. So I'm going to pause right there, because we actually have more uh, with this, but I'm going to pause right there and just get your reactions. Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, is Sony right for pulling out of PAX East due to coronaviruses? Is the Boston Mayor correct in saying that it... Uh, it plays into harmful stereotypes. What's your opinion about the whole thing? I mean, I think that everything going on with coronavirus and the rise in death toll, last time I saw it was over 2,000, and the fact that we still don't know how to stop it, I think there is reason for concern. I think it's a discussion that we definitely need to have. Uh, Sony pulling out, definitely, you know, didn't Microsoft pull out too? Microsoft is still going to PAX East as of this recording. Okay, I, I thought I saw something where both of them are pulling out. Uh, but... Sony pulling out does kind of like feed into a hysteria. I don't want to say hysteria because it's you know it's a lot. It's a logical concern. It's logical fears. Um, but I definitely think it feeds that fear. And uh, but at the same time, like we gotta do something to figure out how this thing can stop spreading. You know, it's it's obviously a huge concern um, worldwide, and you know it's it hit it's hit home here in the U.S. as well. So I mean, if Sony doesn't feel like they should go, I mean. It's, I mean, it's considered a global pandemic at this point. So, I mean, I, I can't blame them for wanting to pull out. You know, there are a lot of people still going. But, I mean, the thing about PAX is, like, even on a normal year when there's not a pandemic going around, it's like a, ha a haven for disease. It's almost like a kindergarten class, but there's a lot of kindergartners there. People are dirty, people are nasty, people are spreading germs all over the place. Like, it's not a good look, especially when something, you know, that serious is going around. So, honestly, I don't blame Sony. And, you know, like... PAX is still going to bring in a good amount of money because, you know, you got people who like Roberto who are like, I'm still going, fuck coronavirus. 
but um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think that I understand the Boston mayor, his concern, uh, but I also think that it's totally legit that Sony's like, no, nah, we're not going to that. We're not dealing with all that. Because you're, you're sending representatives there. It's not like Sony's top brass is going to be there. Uh, you're sending like Sony reps there, and you don't want to put them in a bad position like that. All right, let me let me read you a quote, Yield, before, or actually both of you, uh, before I get Yield's opinions. The quote from uh, Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, quote, These fears reinforce harmful stereotypes that generations of Asians have worked hard to dismantle. They trigger our worst impulses to view entire groups of people with suspicion, to close ourselves off, and to miss out on opportunities and connections our global city provides. Boston is united in our efforts to, to dispel these harmful and misguided fears. As a large international company, you have the opportunity to set a good example. As a leader in technology, you can show that you are motivated by facts, not fear. As a leader in the gaming and culture, you can show your belief in connection and not isolation. So, Yield? I, I don't think Sony is trying to reinforce racial stereotypes. And also, I don't think people, like, they see... Like, I like I don't see an, uh, somebody of Asian descent or an Asian person to be like, oh, God, I gotta stay away from them. Like, I think it's a fear of this thing, like, globally. I don't think it, it, people are just like, oh, well, it's it's these people who are spreading it. Stay away from them. Like, I, I don't get that from Sony's decision. I think it's that this is a big concern for us. And we want to stay away from this because we don't want to spread this any further. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I think the Boston mayor is overstepping a little bit there. It's a stretch. So, how many cases have been confirmed in the States? Roughly. I don't need an exact number. Just ballpark it. I, I'm, well, I'm reading this article right now. And, uh, it says, as of February 23rd, coronavirus has killed approximately 24... 142 people in China's mainland, with a total of 76,936 reported infections worldwide. Okay. And, of course, that number's probably skewed because we're not getting exact numbers from China. Well, also, this uh, this this article probably came out, you know, a week or, like, day, days ago, at least half a week ago. Well, so that number's well, probably hold, different. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. It says, as of February 23rd, which is to... Uh, which is today as of recording. Today as of recording. Okay. So the last I had heard, there was a handful of cases, maybe two handfuls of cases in the States. And I do believe there was some reported in Boston. That being said, Sony not going is a bummer. I understand their concern. Um, I, I think it's a bummer and it, it would put a, it's going to put a, a slight dent in. But people have already bought their tickets by now, so if they're going, they were going. Um, as for what the Boston mayor is saying, I think that he could have urged Sony in a different way than to come out and kind of plan, a, you know, ster harmful stereotypes and stuff like that. Uh, to me, from from what I know, and I'm pretty ignorant in it, is that most of it's coming from China. So if anybody's coming over from China, that would be the concern. But I, but I think the problem with what the Boston mayor said uh, is that he is introducing the idea that this is all based on racial stereotypes into the rhetoric. Like, he is the one introducing that. Yeah, I don't think Sony I, was introducing that I, at all. I, and that's where I think he, he's definitely wrong in that. I mean... 
I, 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 I hope I can say this right. I can understand most people would probably will will see an Asian person and wonder, man, I hope they're not from China. And and that, which is which, which I gotta cut you off. Which is wrong. Which is wrong in general. In general, but with the canola, canola. <laughs> I can't say it. So with the cor- virus cor- going around, the coronavirus. Thank you. I don't know why my brain locks up on that. <laughs> that, that that's what most Americans are probably going to think, and 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 I'm probably totally saying this wrong. So I, I just think there could have been a better way for the Boston mayor to urge Sony than to try to play, turn it into a, a, a racial thing. Like Alex is saying, everybody is concerned about the fact that when it starts to spread, it takes off like a wildfire. There, there, There's nothing, oh, well, we'll just quarantine these handful of people and we're good. No, when it takes off, it goes. Well, like Alex said, you know, gaming conventions like PAX, uh, E3, GDC, all that stuff, they're already a haven for disease. Okay, I mean, I a couple times I went to demo, or I, I was offered to demo PlayStation VR, you know, at PAX East or E3 or something like that, and I said no because I didn't want to get pink eye. You know, how, how clean... You mean you didn't want the PAX plague? Well, well that too, but I didn't, you know, with the VR, especially because it's right on your face, you can get pink eye, all that stuff. I didn't, I like, I don't, I don't trust these, the these convention workers, and I don't mean to belittle them by, you know, phrasing them that way, but it's not the convention workers we don't trust. It's all well, them and all the the people roaming around the show. You think about how many people are at the show, tens of thousands of people. Someone's carrying something, right? But what I'm saying is, I don't trust them to to properly wipe down the headset. You know, I'm I'm just speaking on VR aspect. I don't trust them to wipe down the headset good enough where you know the disease isn't going to be passed on. So I n- I never saw anybody like at any gaming convention I've ever been to. I've never seen anybody wiping down controllers or anything. It's not like a gym where people were wiping down equipment after they use it. Well, most people, but I've never seen anybody wipe down anything like gameplay wise at a convention. The, the goddess is uh, behind me. Uh, Playing like she's gonna smack me because every time there was a VR demo, I sent her. Oh, that was not <laughs> awfully nice of you. <laughs> Coward's way out. Um. Okay, but-, but okay, but here's the thing: like being, you know, I work at a grocery store, and when it comes to food and like the spread of disease, like that's the main way that kind of shit spreads, and people can get sick. And I see a lot of people do nasty shit, and it's not like it's just one like group; it's everybody. Everybody is doing some nasty fucking shit they shouldn't do, spreading diseases, coughing on shit, sneezing on shit, taking their bare hands and putting them into, like, salad bars and stuff. So, to me, I don't look at one group as, like, disease spreaders. I fucking look at everyone as disease spreaders, because I see that shit every day. Alright, just keeping on with the news here. PlayStation and Oculus have both also decided to skip GDC over the same virus, or coronavirus concerns. Uh... So that's another thing. And the other company that uh, is concerned with the coronavirus is Square Enix is scaling back their showing, but they're still going to attend at PAX East. So, I mean, this is obviously a concern for big crowds and stuff like that. Uh, But I just want to also want to echo Yield and Alice's uh, statements. And 
I think the Boston mayor is overstepping. I mean, I, I don't think there was any, like, he said that Sony pulling out is uh, reinforcing harmful stereotypes. He's the one that brought the whole stereotype issue into it. I don't think Sony had any issue with anything. They just said, listen, we're not going to be, uh, we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we could be blamed for spreading the viruses because we're not cleaning the, the you know stuff. And whatnot, and they're also concerned for their workers, which I th- I think is a little lesser of an issue. Um, not that the Sony doesn't care about their workers, I'm just saying. Uh, Reliability but, factor, right? I I just I I it sucks. Sony's not going. I'm not going to PAX East this year. Um, it sucks. Sony's not going. I I was kind of bummed when I found out that because I wasn't going to PAX East that they were going to be showing The Last of Us Two there. But now, obviously, that's not a concern anymore. But, yeah, I, I think Boston's mayor definitely overstepped his bounds. I get his point because, you know, a big developer not coming to, you know, the city, you know, it, when when there are conventions and stuff in a city, it brings tourism. It brings in revenue. Uh, I think I told. Yeah, but also that's like saying the like, you know, not admonishing the mayor in Jaws where he's concerned about the, you know, the town's finances and not shutting down the beaches when you got all these shark attacks going on. Like, he, just because he's concerned about, like, the money that's coming in uh, doesn't mean that he has a right to be reckless with his words, which he, he was being reckless. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't dispute that at all. But I think his concern, uh, and I think I told this story before, is uh, back in the time when I was, uh, year, years ago, uh there was a proposal to put a NASCAR track here in Staten Island, New York, where I live. And our city shut it down because they were worried about traffic issues, but they didn't realize that that one weekend would bring in $100 million for hotels, food, travel, bridges, all that stuff. And people shut down because they didn't want to be stuck in traffic on one weekend a year. You know, so when the politicians speak up uh, and they say, oh, Sony's not coming and I need to get involved, I... I'm sorry, I look at it as the only reason he's stepping up is because he's worried about the revenue for the city. He's not really looking into the whole issues. I'm not going to speak bad about the Boston mayor other than say I don't think he's a gamer and I really doesn't don't think he gives a shit about gamers. I think he's just looking at the revenue issue of it. And I think because of that, he put his foot in his mouth by saying, oh, well, you're reinforcing negative stereotypes. It's 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 all bullshit to me. So... All right. You guys have anything else you want to say about this? No, I think we covered it. All right. Next story. Uh, There is a report that EA canceled a Star Wars Battlefront spinoff last year. A new report from EA says they canceled another uh, Star Wars video game last year. According to Kotaku, EA canceled a third Star Wars game codenamed Viking. Although retail's Vikings plot and sentence are a secret, the report says it was planned to be a spin-off of Battlefront with open world elements. Project Viking wasn't complete wasn't a complete unknown as Vissel's Star Wars game under Uncharted director Amy Hennon was cancelled. EA Vancouver inherited some assets from the Project Ragtag to work on its own own game, which became Project Orca. Orca was also cancelled. EA Vancouver began working on a third Star Wars project that was planned to be released in fall 2020. That project was Viking. According to Kotaku sources, Viking was being developed by EA Vancouver with the help of Criterion, best known for the Burnout series. Unfortunately, the cross-national development and multiple studios involved create a, quote, 
too many cooks, end quote, situation, and the project scope soon became too ambitious for its planned year and half development time. Without wanting to extend the deadline, EA canceled the project in spring of 2019. So, again, EA is sticking, uh, well, I was going to say sticking their foot up their own ass, but uh, they're, they're, they're really dropping the well, ball you know with this whole Star Wars campaign. Instead of releasing another shitty Star Wars game, they've now canceled you know, two Star Wars games because they didn't feel like they would, you know, well, no, no, this is this is the third of, one. Of top quality. This is the third game that got canceled. Okay, well, it, it's you know, it sucks for the people working on those projects, and it sucks for their financial sheets. But at least you know, for us, like they're willing to cancel projects and say this isn't going to be what we want it to be. We'll we'll just cancel it. Well, why not just keep working on it? I mean, they're really dropping Maybe the ball with the Star Wars where they license. They invested just enough money to say, well. We can pour a ton more money into this, or we, we this cannot be the or this is the project that we don't want. We don't think it's going to be a success, and we can just get out now and cut our losses. See, this is what I was afraid when they gave the license to EA. Either they would pump out, you know, just ridiculous Star Wars games, or we would never really get what we wanted. Um. Okay, well, what about Fallen Order? Isn't that EA? Yeah, that is EA, and that that is... A, and that's that's been, you know, I've seen that get rave reviews. That, that is a really good game. The, like I said, except for the combat. The combat just aggravates me. There, there's a huge jump when you get to the bosses. Other than that, I, I thoroughly... Soulsborne Star Wars. I, I thoroughly enjoy the game. But it almost seemed like when they got the Star Wars license, it was like, oh, man. We got all these awesome ideas, and this is what we're going to do. And then it, it was almost like they took on too much. And then they get everybody's hopes up, and then they're like, oh, well, now we're going to cancel this. We're going to cancel that. But don't worry, we still got stuff coming, but we're going to cancel this. So, I mean, Fallen Order has worked out for them. But this still makes me have a bad taste for EA when you cancel all these other Star Wars games because it makes you wonder what could have been. I, I think that EA is really dropping the ball with this whole Star Wars license. I mean, doing the math, if every if all the reports are right, they, they signed a 10-year exclusivity contract, which leaves them three years left. And they've uh, done three games. And they've done three games in seven years. And canceled uh, and canceled three more. Correct. So, like, I, in a way, I want to say that I, I, I really hope EA loses their contract and we start getting Star Wars games from other companies. Um, but I, it, it's I don't even know what to say. I mean, if you if you're gonna cancel a game, okay, one, but you can't, but you cancel three games. And you had Amy Hennon heading up one of them, which arguably is one of the best game directors out on the market right now. I, it's just, it's, I don't even know what to say. You're flabbergasted. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Tim Sweeney has made a com- somewhat controversial statement. Uh, during his keynote talk at the annual Dice Summit, Epic Games founder and CEO Tim Sweeney argued to keep politics out of gaming and away from developers so that mar- market- marketers can sell games from a, quote, neutral ground. 
In a talk covered everything from loot boxes to cross-platform play, Sweeney ended his keynote by addressing discourse in gaming and involving politics. Tim began his talk by discussing the 1960 Harper Lee novel To Kill a Mockingbird, to Kill a Mockingbird and how art like games can serve as a discussion piece from politics. Quote, if you think back to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and the impact that it had on people's views at the time, I think that's a genuine outlet for games. It really makes people think about things. Uh, end quote. Sweeney changed lanes from the idea of games as a political medium and talked about the need for, quote, separation of church and state, end quote, model between politics and gaming companies. Sweeney argued that the game company should, quote, get the marketing departments out of politics, end quote. So, I mean, there's more to this, but uh, generally, I just want to get to the point. Uh, gentlemen, do you think politics should be kept out of video games or are you OK with a games writer or developer uh, expressing their view and their art? I mean, we see satire and politics in television all the time. Look at what South Park. Um, so I think that as a like a medium of art, like video games, you know, also a medium of entertainment, just kind of like like a brother or sister to television. I think that they should be able to express those views, you know, within that medium. I I know that I'm I'm hesitant in my answer too. <laughs> well, a part a part of me wants to say say no. Another part of me is like, you know what? That's fine. If if they want to, they can. Because if if I don't if I don't agree with what they're saying, I don't have to buy it. Um, but see, see the but the problem with video games is the fact that you've already spent the money, and arguably, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is the way I feel, but arguably, you can then say, well, you paid your sixty dollars, and now you're being forced to hear their opinions. Or their view on the world. Well, I mean, I don't think they're so heavy-handed with it in video games. I mean, you may yeah. see a comment or something like that, or like an ongoing theme for maybe a chapter or something like that. Or you may see a poster in the background. But it's not like a character's going to sit there and give you a 20-minute diatribe about how, you know, you should vote for this person or why this, you know, political position is the right one. Or, you know, hey, legalize marijuana. I'm I'm gonna monologue to you for half the game. All right, yield. I'm sorry, I cut you off a little bit there. No, I. What I, kind of what Alex was saying, and they're not. I I really don't know how I want to say this. They don't shoehorn political agendas to you. You know, they might include it in there or whatever. I I haven't run across any games where I was like. Oh, they want me to vote for so-and-so. Oh, they want me to not like this part of the government or whatever. I, when I play games, I, I, go, I go to it like, like a movie. You know, I'm there. I'm there for the story. If I agree with how it goes, awesome. If I don't, well, that, that, you know, it didn't hit home with me. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure that there are many uh, video game creators that have different political opinions than I have, but I've never played a video game where I was looking at it and any, any part of the story or the world or what was created, I never said, I'm not going to play this video game because of political views in this game. I, I think that most times it's well, they're like they're well hidden or they're very cleverly entered in there, but it's never been so like, 
awful and overhanded that I I'm I'm like I'm stopping playing this game because the political message is in this game. And and it's like any medium, like you see music and movies and television, and people you know give their opinions because they can. It's it's their right uh, to give their political opinion. Why would you just completely disregard, or why would you kind of section video games off and isolate them? Because then when people talk negatively about video games, and, they, and you know, they say, oh, hey, video games are different from these mediums, you're, you're giving more fuel to that fire. That video games are apart from these other artful mediums. Whereas, if they can do it in TV, and they can do it in movies, you should be able to do it in video games too. It's a creative art. And I, and I don't disagree with that. I like My opinion on this... I wish politics would stay out of all forms of media because I, I think it's just it's that third rail. You know, you, you step on you step into politics and people can get very animated and very vocal and very angry. Uh, but ultimately, I feel like you should be able to say what you want and how you want. And that's the way it should be. Uh, I watched. Uh, TV shows all the time, and they'll make a a comment one way or the other, and I roll my eyes saying, "Okay, that really didn't need to be done. That didn't need to be said." But I get it because they're trying to, you know, express all views out there. In, in a way, I kind of agree with Sweeney. Like politics should stay out of gaming, but I extend that to all media, you know. I it's just it it's it's one of those things where I think that people should be able to express themselves, but there's also a time and a place for it, and you know it's one of those things we have to live with. Like it's it's gonna happen, we have to deal with it, but it it is what it is. But I kind of agree with them. Like I I do wish they would keep you know, politics. It's, out it's of like it. when people tell celebrities, you know, just shut up about politics and just do your job. It's like shut the fuck up. Why shouldn't celebrities or actors or musicians be able to express their opinions too? Well, I I think that's mostly because there are some celebrities, and I'm not going to name names, there are some celebrities out there that you just know they're just trying to make a statement and that they really don't know the facts. They're just making a statement because they're a celebrity and they can get their voice out there. And Okay, well then it's not a problem with the, the politics aspect of it. It's the pop, the problem that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and it's it's well, a, it's it's a marketing an informational point. or intelligence issue. Well, no, no, I agree with you. What I'm saying is, uh, when a celebrity does that, and I'm not saying all celebrities, because there are some very well informed celebrities, and you can tell who's informed. I'm just saying people do that because it's marketing for them, it's publicity for them. They get their name out there. You know, Kanye West. Jumping on stage to tell Taylor Swift, I'm gonna let you finish your your speech, but Beyonce had the best music video of all time. Kanye did that for publicity. He didn't do that because he honestly thought Beyonce had the best video, and that that's what I'm saying. Like, when, so when it comes to people telling celebrities to shut up, that's why they're telling them to shut up because you can tell they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That's not always the case, and I, it's not fair to generalize everybody. Well, I said that. I said it's not all celebrities, because there are some celebrities that do know what the hell they're talking about. But, um, just an opinion, you know, it, it's... I wish they would stay out of all forms of media, but it's not going to happen. So, like, you, Sweeney can't just say, oh, it's got to come out of... Uh, stay out of gaming. It's either it's got to go away completely, or it's going to happen totally, and you just have to accept that it's going to happen. 
So, all right, next bit, uh, which and this is somewhat of a political topic here as well. Oh, Persona Five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really know about this. I actually saw the headline, and I, uh, I, 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 I want to touch base on this only because of the fact of well, well let me get into it. The headline is Persona 5 Royal will change homophobic scenes for the Western release. Now, I don't want to go into the article. I just want to speak on the headline. And the question I'm going to pose to you, gentlemen, is if Persona 5 Royal is going to change scenes for the Western release, shouldn't they just change it completely? Uh, It's kind of what I'm thinking. But why are you changing it? I mean, what? What are they? Are the scenes bashing something, or? Okay, so I mean, let's be honest. Like, homophobia is still a huge problem in our country. Uh, homophobia has no place in any part of society. Uh, gay bashing, any anything like that. Um, ostracizing people because of their sexuality. Fuck you. Don't do that shit. Um, so if there are scenes that are, you know, taking shots at gay people, or, you know, people who are a part of the LBGT community, um, fuck you. Get them out of games. Get them out of movies. Get them out of music. Get them all the fuck out of our society. Because someone being gay does not hurt you in your fucking life, and you being able to say to people, you shouldn't get married because it says in the Bible... Fuck it. I don't care. If they want to get married, they can. Well, I, I want to correct something you said. You, uh, cause, well, not really correct it, but just update it. You said homophobia is a big problem in this country, and you're right. But homophobia is a problem worldwide. So my point, and as I started this, is if you're going to go so far to change it for the Western release, why not just eliminate it from the game completely and don't have it in any version. And that's why I, I, I wanted to talk about this. You'll, uh, you you kind of said you agree with me when I said that. Do you want to elaborate a little bit? Oh, so... If you're changing it because you were bashing or poking fun at gays or, or homophobia or however you want to say it, then, yeah, if you're going to change it for the Western release because you thought that it would be more offensive over here, then you probably shouldn't have put it in your game to begin with. It is kind of my stance on it. Well, I mean, in, in IGN's headline, they say cha- they will change homophobic scenes for Western release. That clearly has a tag where, you know, and even the company... Uh, I'm going to read a quote from the article, and Tricky, hopefully you didn't read this earlier, because I've been cutting it out because of my internet. Gerbil's not running fast enough. Um, Speaking to IGN during a Persona 5 Royal preview event, Atlas Communications Manager Ari uh, Advinkula explained that dialogue in certain scenes, specifically ones involving Raiju and two effeminate male characters, would be changed so that those men were no longer shown in a negative light. Clearly, this is Atlas saying, okay, yes, these are somewhat homophobic, and they are or completely homophobic, and we need to change these, at least for this audience, I agree that they should change them for every release. Because the company itself has acknowledged that they are showing these uh, gay characters in negative light. 
All right. So yeah, I mean, we all agree on the fact that if you're gonna console, if you're gonna cut it out for one release, cut it out for all the releases. Yeah, if it's offensive, then cut it the fuck out of every release. Like homophobia, you should not. You shouldn't say we're just gonna cut it out of the Western release and then release it in Europe or wherever else with the scene still in there. Yeah. All right. So that is gonna bring us to the end of our topics. I'm gonna we're we're gonna skip the the last one and go to our topics of the week. Now, uh, there's two topics. Uh, one is a question I asked. Uh, I want to ask you, gentlemen. And our listeners, and the other one uh, was a topic that we kind of skipped over last on last week's show that I thought maybe uh, would be a good conversation piece for us. Uh, the question I'm asking you guys is: We know that the PlayStation Five is going to be backwards compatible all the way back to the PlayStation One, but what games or what situations do you think that, as of the launch of the PlayStation Five, whenever that may be? that the game should automatically be ported and there should be a PlayStation 5 version of it. Uh, I'm going to start off with a little bit uh, with two games that are near and dear to me, obviously, and I know you guys are going to say, of course, but I think there should be a PlayStation 5 version of Rock Band 4, and there also should be a uh, PlayStation 5 version of The Division. The reason I'm given for those two, uh, among others like Destiny, uh, well, Anthem, I would say Anthem, but Anthem's kind of a, you know, a bust at this point. But these are ongoing games that will continue past the launch of the next consoles. So I think that there should be a PlayStation 5 version of them. Uh, Rocket League for you two. I mean, I know you guys are big into Rocket League. Obviously, Rocket League's going to continue on to, you know, onto the PlayStation 5. And while will a play the the PlayStation Four version should be will be available to play, but there should be also be a PlayStation Five version of it. If, so I hope I explained enough to help you guys uh, come up with some answers. Well, if it's backwards compatible, you the only thing I would be worried about is is would you have to re-download all the patches and everything? Probably you would. But as for games that should be ported right away, I would probably say most of your big titles within the last six months, six to three months before launch of the five. Okay, Alex? So I'm going to say that we could definitely use a PlayStation 5 version of Warhawk, yield, uh, with how prevalent online multiplayer is. That could be a ton of fun. I also would like to see Twisted Metal Black, a PlayStation 2 release on the PS5, get a remake of that. Because, in my opinion, it's the best Twisted Metal game. Uh, even though, you know, a lot of people would consider Twisted Metal 2, I would give the leg up to Twisted Metal Black. And I would love to see that brought into the newest generation, because I think it would still be a lot of fun. You know, they tried to revive Twisted Metal on PS3, and it didn't work out. But I also think that Twisted Metal Black, because it was a really, really good game, would work on the PS5. All right, Alex, I think I, Alex, I think you're you're missing the spirit of the question here. Uh, you say port. Well, yes. But what what I'm trying to get at is like, okay, you're playing Crash Team Racing and 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 Rocket League, and they're both ongoing because they're constantly releasing content for it. It's obviously going to go on well past the launch of the PlayStation Five. So, what games do you think that? will be ongoing into the next after the PlayStation 5 has launched that should just have a PlayStation 5 version that they launch. What I'm Okay, you own Well, I mean using the verb port. 
okay. is, uh, I mean, it's kind of misleading if that's what you're well, looking okay. for. It's, it's, it's just kind of a poorly worded question. Okay, maybe port's the wrong question, but what I'm saying is... Because people have ported old games onto newer consoles, or to handheld consoles, and it's not like, hey, which, you know, is going to be... Basically what you're asking for is a platform, a game that's a platform, like a game as a service right. is what you're looking right. for, not a port. Okay, well, port's the wrong word, but what I'm saying is, like, we know Rocket League's going to go on well past the launch of the PlayStation 5. You own it on the PlayStation 4 right now. I mean, I'm adding an extra layer onto the question here, but should Rocket League automatically be... there? Should there, there be a PlayStation 5 version of Rocket League at launch that you could just download? And what I'm going to add onto here, which is not required, but should that version should be free for you, because you've already bought it on the PlayStation 4, you could play it backwards compatible. I heard that fart, by the way. That was a it was a burp, actually. Oh, whatever. <laughs> but should Rocket League one launch uh, come out with a PlayStation Five version on launch, and should that be free for you? Because we know you can play it backwards compatible, but obviously you're gonna you're gonna keep playing the game in the future. Yeah, but no, I mean you shouldn't be able to download it for free if it comes to the PS5 because. You didn't get to download The Last of Us Remastered for the PS4 for free because you bought it on the PS3. Right, but that's not an ongoing game. I'm talking about ongoing games. Yeah, but they would have to, you know, optimize it for a brand new system. I mean, it would still require time and effort and money, you know, for their employees to actually, you know, code it and everything and, you know, make the game again. So I think, yeah, you should have to pay for that. I mean, really, to be honest, the only thing that I can think of that what you're looking for is a game as a service. It's a game that's actually not a service at this point, but it should be. Is the are the WB like two K games? They should put a new one out every five years or maybe every three years or something like that. I'll, you know, so they can you know keep iterate on the engine. But for the most part, you know, for at least one or two years, they should just release the game and then release content for that game for the next two years, and that should be like the service, like release wrestlers, release arenas. You know, maybe some new game modes or something like that. Stuff to, you know, customize your character with or your wrestler with. But I think that's one game series that could use the Rock Band treatment to where they're not releasing something every year like Madden. All right, Yield? On that instance, I've always said that with anything sports-related, that you don't need to pump out a new game every year because you're not doing anything dynamic year in and year out. All you're really doing is updating their roster which they do live throughout the year with trades and stuff they automatically update the game and your player is on a different team and vice versa so you should you should take that development time two-year three-year cycle to make the best game that you can and then support it you know player updates you know stadiums or whatever jersey stuff like that and and you can do that instead of trying to pump out a new game every year with no no new advances all right but is there any game that like rocket league or uh world of warships in your case should they release a playstation 5 version at launch and should it be free because even though you can play it on backwards compatibility but now you're playing on the new console so what are your thoughts on that no no, because you, if it's backwards compatible, I can still play it, you know, for my four. Uh, well, game like World of Warships, it came out for free. 
So that's kind of necessarily a, a bad example. I won't. I wouldn't have all my ships that I do on my four for the five, possibly. But well, well, the point the point I'm trying to get at is the with with a game that goes on past the launch, like Division Two, Rock Band Four, they're all coming out with with things that are going to keep going. Rocket League's going to keep going after the five launches. It, it's sh- should there be an updated version of the game, even though we have backwards compatibilities is kind of the point I'm trying to get at because we know that people are going to keep playing these games and they're going to use the backwards compatibility on their five to keep playing the games. Should developers just make a PlayStation five version for those people is the, is kind of the spirit of the question I'm trying to get at. Honestly, I don't really know. Okay. I mean, I, I I think this they developers should do it, but as Alice pointed out, you know that takes time, money, resources. So I guess uh, I don't know. I guess when I asked the question, I really didn't consider all that. Don't you hate that? Well, no, the you, you, I, you come across something, you're like, man, this is going to be awesome, and then you didn't well, think, I, you didn't think of certain things, and it's like, oh, fudge, it just pokes holes in it. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's a big concern. I was, I'm just thinking, like, for somebody like me that has over a thousand songs in Rock Band 4, like, obviously, if I'm going to be playing on the PlayStation 5, I'm going to want to keep playing it. You know, should they just come out with the PlayStation 5 version of it, whether it's, you know, updated graphics or, you know, compatibility, whatever the case may be? I, I don't know. I mean... I, I guess asking for free is too much. Maybe they should charge it. But I do think that ongoing games, games of service, stuff like that, there absolutely should be a PlayStation 5 version of that game. Well, and also to use Rocket League as an example, they've given away a ton of free content. Like, every, almost everything they've, like, major event they've had has been free. So I think to ask them for a free PlayStation 5 version of the game is overstepping. I think that's too much. So for our... Uh, other topic that I think we skipped in uh, previous shows. Uh, Yul, did you see th- this already, or did you just not want to talk about it? Uh, I don't think I saw it, but I do remember kind of maybe hearing something about it. Maybe I saw something about it on Twitter. Okay, so in an article posted on February 5th of this year, Xbox boss does not consider Nintendo or Sony as their biggest competitors. Uh, This is coming from IGN. Like I said, a new console generation is almost here. And even though there are flashes of the old console rivalry with the imminent release of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, Xbox boss Phil Spencer says he's more worried about Amazon and Google. In an interview with Protocol, Spencer explained how Microsoft and Xbox, quote, see Amazon and Google as their main competitors going forward, end quote. This is because those tech tech companies both have top-end global cloud infrastructure, which Microsoft also has thanks to its Azure platform. Quote, I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with Nintendo and Sony, while Amazon and Google are focused on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world. Ultimately, that's the goal, end quote. So, obviously, uh, he's saying that Nintendo and Sony just aren't in their league anymore because they're they're moving on to cloud technology where Sony is not and Nintendo is obviously not. 
Okay, I don't. I wouldn't look at it like that, but that is one way to look at it. So I look at it as we're getting our ass kicked by Nintendo's doing their thing and kicking our ass. Sony obviously is putting out the soft or hardware or the software that's kicking our ass. So we're going to go over here, and we've got this cloud-based gaming thing that Google and Amazon are starting to come into. So they're our biggest competitors. We're going to ignore these people who've been kicking our tails, and we're now going to focus on them. We'll, we'll make the narrative about them and not talk about those guys. Well, if you remember... That could be, that could be the fanboy in me speaking, but that's how I see it. Well, if you remember, not long ago, Nintendo came out and said that Sony and Microsoft weren't their competitors. So now, now Microsoft is coming out and saying, well, we're not competing with Sony and Nintendo either. So, I mean, I think we would all agree that the last time Nintendo directly competed with anybody in the gaming sphere was on the GameCube, because ever since then, they've been doing their own damn thing, and they've been doing really well at it, especially with the Switch. Now, I mean, they sold a lot of of Wii U, of Wiis, and the Wii U was kind of a failure in the Wii, totality. Yeah, the Wii U was But, uh, I mean, they made a lot of money off the Wii, and the Switch is seen as a great success, not just in the amount of money they're making off it, but also in the fact that it's, you know, their customers are very satisfied with it. Gamers actually want to switch. Sony, I mean, before moving to Sony, uh, like Nintendo's cloud services, like, yeah, they're going to have to rely on somebody else to do their cloud services because Sony has done like cloud saves and stuff like that since the PlayStation 3 on play, on uh, PlayStation Plus. They've got PS Now uh, with like their, stre- their streaming service where, you know, the games that you're uh, playing are not streaming on your car. They're not on your console. They're streaming somewhere else or they're, they're being processed somewhere else and streaming to your console. Um, but like Nintendo, like their cloud services are like, they do have cloud saves for some of their games. If you have their internet service or their online, uh, membership for 20 bucks a year. And recently they introduced Pokemon home, which is a uh, cloud service where you can keep all of your Pokemon because previously you couldn't upload Pokemon data, uh, save files to their cloud services, even if you had the online membership. So Basically, Nintendo has been always very basic, and they're just kind of stepping into those waters, so yeah, they would need to rely on somebody else, like it talks about in the article. Uh, Sony and Nintendo may be partnering with Microsoft to use their Azure services. Uh, Sony's a little bit stronger in that area, but also like their focus clearly has been on more so the software side, where it like Microsoft is thinking has always been better at hardware than Sony. Which is actually weird, because it used to be that Microsoft was better at software because Windows was always the, you know, the like the what everybody used. But in recent years, Sony software has been much stronger than Microsoft and Microsoft's infrastructure online has always better than, been better than Sony. I mean, Xbox Live, we know it's been better than PlayStation Online or the PlayStation Network since the dawn of it, of it coming out. And he even and Phil Spencer even says and they've invested tens of billions of dollars into Azure. So they're looking like I think looking into the cloud services is incredibly smart and very, you know, it's I don't know. I, I look back at like the Dreamcast and they tried to step into online gaming a little bit too early, but I think, you know, with the examples of Google and Amazon, you're looking at a lot of companies going into cloud streaming services and Xbox is jumping on there at I think the right time, whereas like Sony and Nintendo are kind of like you said, out of position. Like they're traditional gaming companies and while Sony has a better foothold in the newer technologies than Nintendo I also think that, you know, they need to invest more in what in Microsoft is investing for, unless they're just planning to give Microsoft money to partner with them to use their services, their technology. But I don't disagree with what Alex is saying, as in the, in the fact that 
that Sony needs to at least look towards cloud gaming because that's where things seem to go. Um, Stadia had this big buildup and then it's kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Am, am I kind of wrong with that statement? Well, the, the, the problem with Stadia, and they have good technology in what they're doing. The problem is, is that Stadia is offering games that are years old and that you're paying for their service and then you have to pay for the games. And most times, you know, they're the the problem with streaming services and a lot uh, one of the reasons why uh PlayStation Now when it first launched had so many problems is because it was getting bogged down because you're dealing with bandwidth issues, you're dealing with all this other stuff. And then they told you you had to hardwire your PlayStation to get it, which was good for the PlayStation three and four at the time, uh, but not good for the Vita because you couldn't hardwire your Vita. And the problem with Stadia is that everything is streaming. Nothing is saved on the console itself. And even Stadia right now, like they had a founders pack, which I think was a hundred and uh, I, I want to say it was 117, but I, I I'm maybe misremembering thinking it's 170, but either way that just came with the controller, like, and you know, a, a Chromecast ultra, but if you already have that stuff, like I could play Google Stadia on my phone with no controller. And I could even use a DualShock 4 or an Xbox controller on my phone to control it. So there's no need for me to have their products. So that's why Google Stadia is just like... It, I'm not going to say it's bad, because the technology is fantastic. The problem is is that what they're offering, nobody wants a Stadia because they can get that already on other consoles. Gotcha. Uh, but... It, well, the, 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 uh, one of the other big concerns with like streaming services is uh, a lot of people like even if they don't want to like have a physical copy of the game, which there are still a lot of people that like physical copies of the game. Me. But there are a lot of people who want to at least know that they own. A, I mean, you could have a discussion about whether or not you own a game, but the question with streaming services is like, I don't own this game, so like once I stop paying for the service, like if the the service quality goes down or I don't like what the company's doing, I lose access to that game. Whereas if I buy something on my PlayStation 4, I have that game to play as long as I have the PlayStation 4 or I wait to play that game. So I think that like ownership of games is kind of like going to be a big hurdle for like fully going to streaming services. I mean, I... It, it, I like the streaming services. I mean, obviously, I'm... Like I, like the conversation I was talking about with uh Dark Side of Genesis, obviously I'm I've gone all digital. Many people have the 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 fact that streaming the games is is awesome, but I think what I mean what Phil Spencer's here saying is that they're just basically just moving in a different direction. The PlayStation and Nintendo. That's why they're you know they're they're looking to put most of their services on the cloud, which is where Amazon and uh. Google are focusing their efforts on. So I get what he's saying, but you know, it's been a long conversation. Like we've had the conversation many times where now that Microsoft is putting their games on PC as well, there's really no reason for anybody to buy a series X because you can just play all the games on your computer. I mean, obviously you're going to need a top of the line computer to play the games. That's a whole other conversation. But 
with all with Microsoft putting all their stuff on the cloud, they're basically saying, well, you don't need to buy our console anymore. And I think that's where this basis of the conversation is coming from, where they're saying Nintendo and Sony, you still need a console to play their games. You don't have to do that with us as long as you have a top end PC or you can play our games. I, I, to me, I think that's just, I don't want to say stupid, but it, it doesn't make sense to me because we, we know that, uh, you know, hardware uh, manufacturers like Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony, they really don't make money off of their consoles. They, uh, at launch, they take a, they take a loss because they know they're going to make the money back up with the software. I get that, and if that's what Microsoft's trying to accomplish by saying, "Well, we're not, we don't want to release a console anymore because we're just taking a loss on that," let's focus our way on the heart uh, the software. I get it. I just think it's a bad move. They could follow in the footsteps of Sega without putting their properties on everyone else's consoles. All right, that is going to bring us to the end of the show. So let's do some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. All right. ProofGamer.com is looking for some rare podcasts, videos, news, sports, and generally simple site. Video supply. Go to ProofGamer.com, click on Help Watch, tap and fill out the application, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all the articles and all the videos. Speaking of the videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. You can also catch me streaming at twitch.tv backslash Gamer. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. First one is the phone number. Yield. 330-PROVEN-9. 330-776-8369. You can send us an email at the Troy Memorial email. That's trophyhorrors at provengamer.com. That's trophyhorrors at provengamer.com. Once again, that's trophyhorrors at provengamer.com. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. And Twitter is one of them. I just read that for no reason whatsoever. But the site's Proving Gamer, the show's Trophy Horrors, I'm Tricky Mick, Alex is Saunders, Saunders Rex, and Yield is I Yield to No One, which I have to be honest, Yield, you're probably the only one of us that are still active on Twitter unless somebody adds me. Probably. So, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, you can at me, but I generally don't check Twitter. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts, PG Spoilers and Game Stuff. All the podcasts currently can be found on Apple Podcasts, following iTunes, Stitcher, your various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, TuneIn, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No matter where you listen to us, please leave us a rating and some feedback. Uh, PlayStation 4 communities. There's one for the site, Proving Gamer. There's one for the show called Trophy VV Whores. Trophy Vores. Should I just say whores? Like, at this point, everybody would know, or... Because I kind of feel like if somebody does a search for trophy wars, they're not going to find it. But I don't know. We'll we'll discuss that in a future show. We're off. You say trophy whores, and that's spelled with two V's instead of one W. There you go. And Yield's group, the Platinum Guild, but don't bother posting it because he's never going to give you your shoutouts. Haters are going to hate. Dude, you're two and a half months behind. Yes, I am. Let's go to our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Humble Bundle. Alex, tell us about Humble Bundle. I was wondering if you're going to toss this to me like usual. Humble Bundle is a charity initiative that every month they bundle together digital media, whether it be books uh, or video games, and you get to name your price for the bundle of games. Now, the the, uh, bundles are tiered, so the more you pay, the more of the content you'll get. So if you pay like two bucks, you're only going to get the minimum amount of content. 
Whereas if you pay 20 bucks or so, whatever, you know, the top line is, then you'll get everything and maybe up to nine or 10 games. Uh, the game packs usually value around, uh, you know, over $250. So it is well worth it for you to spend, you know, the extra money. Again, you're naming your own price, but you're also not going to spend full price for any of these games and you're helping charity. So give as much as you can. Uh, go to HumbleBundle.com to check out what they have bundled for this month. And you can also sign up for their electronic newsletter at the bottom of the page to keep up with all the latest news. All right, Yield, tell us about Amazon. So, if you go to ProvingGamer.com, on the side of the screen, there is an ad for Amazon. So, if you go to ProvingGamer.com first, and you click on the Amazon ad on the side, it takes you right to Amazon.com. You can do your shopping as normal, and a small amount of the proceeds that from your purchase get kicked back to us and help us pay for our fancy new recording studio. All right, and we have a new sponsor, gentlemen. Well, it's not really a sponsor. It's shameless plug advertising for us. Uh, Proof of Gamer has a new logo. And with the new logo, we have a new merch store. Uh, if you go to merch.streamelements.com backslash Proving Gamer, you can see all of the uh, different merchandise we have on sale. There are going to be other things added on. I don't even know if my two co-hosts know about this. Do you gentlemen know about this? I saw you posted in the Facebook group. There you go. Uh, yes, you could uh, go check out the Facebook group. Uh, they are posted in all of the Proving Gamer groups. Uh, and yeah, uh, proceeds will help the site out. So thank you for anybody that makes purchases. Uh, I know some people have made some purchases already. Uh, there's gonna right now currently in the store. There are mouse pads, stickers, hoodies, uh, cups, and t-shirts. Uh, right now, currently, you can get the Proven Gamer logo and the Game Stuff logo on the stuff. Uh, obviously, Trophy Horse is going to be up there soon. I just have to find a, uh, a good picture that will uh, translate onto the uh, onto the merchandise. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. We're doing that on the fly. That's why it sounds a little jumbled. Uh, remember, if you are Amazon Prime, you are Twitch Prime, you can come uh, give us a free subscription on twitch.tv backslash Proving Gamer. And our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Proving Gamer. Uh, no, no matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it greatly appreciated and does help to keep, keep the lights on. And it's only way to get uh, tricky thoughts that are up there. Uh, Facebook groups. Uh, we, we normally don't talk about the Facebook groups. Uh, there is a group for trophy viewers. There's a group for game stuff. And there's a group for PG spoilers. There's the Proven Gamer page. And there's also a group for the Backlog Beatdown if you want to get involved in that. Although, I'm going to have to talk to the, the High Council on their decision. Because I don't agree with it. Oh, got ruled, got ruled against, huh? Well, you have one member of the council's agreeing with me, one member of the council not agreeing with me. So, uh, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Yield, you go first. So, I'd like to give a shout-out, of course, again to the odd gentleman for making King's Quest. I am thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, shout-out to THQ Nordic and Bugbear for Wreckfest, because that game is just a blast. Um, a shout-out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Shout-out to my wife for making chocolate chip cookies this weekend. I chocolate chip cookies are amazing. And a shout out to you, 
All the pimps and madams of the whoredom, thank you for downloading, listening, interacting with us. You guys are all amazing. All right, Alex. I want to give a shout out to the fuel, to the fire, to this trophy whores, our listeners. Thank you all very much for continuing to support the show. Uh, however you choose to listen, we appreciate that you cut out a slice of your life every week because time is precious. It is one of the resources that we cannot get back. So the fact that you all continue to push the show to even greater heights is something we cannot thank you enough for. Uh, give a shout out to Tricky and Yield for recording tonight. As always, an eternal shout out to the man across the pond, Sid. Uh, also, uh... Give a shout out, I guess, to Beanox because even despite the whole microtransactions bullshit they added to Crash Team Racing, after the fact, uh, they have put out quality content for eight months post-launch and not required any money to play it. And um, they're still going to put out more content, you know, after this. But it is the final Grand Prix, so I just want to give a shout out to Beanox for fully supporting Crash Team Racing and making it their own game, as opposed to just remaking a Naughty Dog game and just kind of farting it out. So uh, they've done a really good job with it. And lastly, I want to give a shout-out to my awesome, loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. And, uh, yeah, that'll give me my shout-outs for the week. All right, I want to give a shout-out to Troy, who posted one of the funniest things in our Facebook group. Uh, and It's an ongoing joke. I also want to give a shout-out to the Walking Idea, Josh, from the Loot uh, Bros podcast, who posted the story, which I was hoping nobody would find. Yield, you actually liked it on Facebook. The the truck driver pulled over for speeding was using his semi as a recording studio. That was funny. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, not to mention that he was also arrested because he had a whole bunch of drugs in the truck, which is not like me. But uh, it, it was funny because I posted that the show was going to be late uh, due to a personal issue. And then immediately uh, he posted that story. And I was like, well, now everybody knows why it's going to be late. Yep. Uh, shout out to the goddess. Shout out to Sweet Mama D, who is sleeping or should be sleeping. I'm gonna have to go check when we're done recording. Uh, shout out to all the fans. Thank you very much. Uh, and until next week, happy trophy hunting. Bye. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.